going on, everybody? Welcome back in for another installment of the Dogs Football Podcast here on this Friday edition, April 22nd, to run over everything that has happened since we've last talked. There's a lot to go over here, uh, even barely a week. We just made a tweet barely a week before the NFL draft. We will end with our Salukis and what their futures could hold this uh, or next weekend. Then a lot of stuff with the current team, tons of it along with uh, everything potentially around the Valley, just so much. We will dive into a lot of it. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch, as always. Noah, it's been – I mean, it, it hasn't been that long, maybe just a couple weeks since we last had our pod on here, but so much stuff has happened since then, even some stuff breaking today. A lot to get to. What's going on? Yeah, a lot to get to. And, uh, yeah, like you said, some breaking – some unexpected news to today. I mean – the way the transfer portal has uh, opened up college athletics. I mean, it can't be a surprise anymore when guys into the portal, but um, a lot to get to and some interesting topics to discuss. For sure. Well, we'll start out with some main headlines here of the more recent stuff, and then we'll get a quick team update and even have an update of the uh, depth chart for what it looks like. And then near the middle, we'll get into that spring game that happened this past uh, weekend. So, no, let's dive into – we always want to oh, – by the way, actually, it was – we were just talking about this. It's been almost exactly – a little over a year also since we first uh, started doing podcasts and did for football. So, we've been doing it now for about a year, and it's going really well. We've told people – we've gotten responses from people about how good of a job they think we're doing, and we really appreciate that, and we keep saying how it's just the beginning in terms of, obviously, our fandom and what we like to do to discuss SIU sports. So I wanted to get that out there. Okay, Noah, so let's just discuss our recent uh, addition that happened a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it's at a, at a position that's relatively needed right now, especially after hearing what Nick Hill said at this position that we'll get to uh, what he said this weekend. Noah, Jacob Callhill. I want to wonder if I'm pronouncing that right. Coghill something. Austin P. offensive line transfer committed not too long ago. Noah, what do you got on him? Yeah, he's a uh, he's a six foot, two hundred sixty four pound redshirt sophomore. Um, he's originally from Apoca, Florida. Um, he did not uh, his freshman year he redshirted in twenty nineteen, um, but in his redshirt freshman year, he appeared in all nine games and started all six OVC contests at center. Um, he earned his first career start as an OVC opener against Tennessee Tech. Um, he was the all in uh, in that year. He was the OVC Academic Medal of Honor award winner. Um, he made the commissioner's honor roll. He made the dean's list in all four semesters. He's been at Austin P. Um, so uh, very very guy to fit in this program um, to see, especially like you just said, um, having some injuries there, and we've had some in the last couple of years there. So um, depth is always key up front. Yeah, and even before, like I said, when we get to the discussion on that, that it was – it's always vital because we know last year we had injuries to Calvin Francis and a couple others that, you know, the the interior just in general in the offensive line is – the depth is key. We know we're deep at every other position, but in the trenches is where we need it most. Yeah, he was on a high-powered offense there, it says. And, uh, you know, you're right, he didn't play that first year, but then the fact that he's, he's on the honor roll and all this stuff as well, and he's – 
he's got some experience. He's smart, everything. I mean, it's everything we would need. And we've been talking about other options that are in the portal still. The Penn State one that we've discussed so many times. He's really the only one that has stuck out. And this one came out of nowhere. It could be for those injuries we'll get to again. So a good add. He's not on the roster yet. I'm sure he's filling out a couple of things, obviously, while he's there. And we'll see him this season. A lot of guys that we'll also get to that are not here yet. So won't be the won't be the last time we obviously talk about Jacob, a key piece, hopefully, and a position of need potentially depth-wise this year. So there's that, Noah. Now let's get into the news that we just said that happened today and one that happened a couple of days ago. Defensive backs, and this one that sticks out big time because we like this player a lot. He, he broke out near the end of last season, had a bright future here. Dorian Davis tweeted about how long ago? It was about four hours ago. We actually just saw it recently, but he about 1030 this morning said, thank you for everything, SIU. I will be entering the transfer portal with three years of eligibility remaining. No, this is obviously shocking. Like I said, we are big fans of Dorian. We thought he could pay you know, dividends this year, even though we know with Clayton Bush returning, we have our starting safeties, him and Antonio. And, you know, with the revolving door positions, we'd like to see happen that Dorian's kind of left out. And I, don't, I think he's too good for special teams, even though you want good players on that. It does seem like he's phased that a little, which is unfortunate. You know, three years of eligibility. Yeah, we were uh, excited about him. Um, with all that eligibility coming in last year and uh, playing some spot minutes here and there. I mean, obviously, we had our guys set there last year in Quay Brown and uh, Clayton Bush. But, uh, yeah, he played in he played in 10 games. He made 14 tackles, had those season high in tackles uh, against Dayton and Indiana State, um, coming in from Western Carolina. Um, really liked – his trajectory of all the eligibility and uh, the work he was putting in. And uh, yeah, like you, like you said in the tweet, it sucks seeing him go. We like this player. Um, but also that shows um, that other guys that we've brought in guys and competition has shown um, to, be, to get the best of some of these guys. And some, some of them are scared of it. And like I said, when opening up the podcast that, the way the portal is now in athletics that guys just run right to that portal and then go elsewhere. Um, not saying this is the case. We don't know exactly. It's a different situation for each player, um, but sucks seeing them go. Yeah. And I think what's most strange of it in general, and one of the next one we'll get to as well, these guys were just at the spring game on Saturday. I'm looking at a picture now that I took from the photo album, the main account posted from the spring game and he's, he's there. I mean, it's just shocking that, and we talked about how kind of late it would seem in the process, you know, everybody around the country is having spring games, whether they did this past weekend or having it this weekend. I mean, we know the dead period that kind of comes after this, you know, leading into summer before fall and the season gets going. It's kind of seems late, you know, guys find spots and I'm sure he'll find a spot here soon, but it seems kind of late in the process. And the fact that he was just here, like what could he have possibly heard from the staff or anything that would make up his mind to do this? And we know entering the portal doesn't mean that he can't come back. He just said, you know, kind of left it, you know, at an ending there saying thank you for everything SIU. And who knows? I mean, he could return, but I'd say he won't. It's just odd. We just saw him barely a week ago. And now he's entering. Noah, you mentioned, yeah, with the stuff he did, he had that fumble that forced fumble at South Dakota in the playoff game. And that got us excited because that's exactly how we ended the season outside of the North Dakota State game. So 
and all the teammates. I mean, George Douglas, who's new, Clayton, uh, even uh, Leslie uh, Smith, uh, and who else? There's one other person I wished him well. Uh, oh, C.J. Parson wished him well. So teammates are wishing him well, as do we, uh, for sure. Got a bright future ahead of him. Now I know the other one. Uh, which is another odd one. This is the one that came out of left field. I remember seeing it on the uh, on our feed randomly and said that he'll be entering the transfer portal. Leandre Thomas. No, we know he's new from Memphis, friends with Ty Staniel, I'm sure. And throughout this offseason, we've seen him run 40-yard dashes. We've seen him make interceptions in these practices and stuff. And I'm pretty sure he posted on his account a play that he made uh, at the spring game or obviously just practices before that. No, it's odd to see Leandre go as well this late in the process. And I even go back to find his, you know, the, the tweet that he's transferred and I don't see anything. He either deleted it or something, but his his profile is all gone with SIU stuff. So, no, this was also a shocking one. Yeah, definitely. Um, thought he could come in here with that experience um, he had with two years of eligibility left coming from Memphis. Um, very talented guy that I was going to slot in um, in that defensive back room and uh, compete for reps. And all of a sudden, like you said, after playing the spring game, shockingly tweeted that he was going to re-enter the portal, which um, to look into it, he's still on the spring roster. Dorian Davis is not. I don't know if he's changed his mind. Like you said, that tweet is gone. That's It's weird that – Dorian gets deleted off the roster that quickly, but Leandre is still there. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad you brought that up. We were just talking about that, that Dorian's all of a sudden gone, and he had been because we know because Dorian's number one, and he would have been right there next to Romere, and he's gone, and Leandre is still there. That is strange. Uh, so maybe there was a change of heart, but heck, who knows? And I thought I went through his likes that had – a you know, some a play that he made in that game, but he likes so many things, and I don't think it's there anymore either. So it's all a wait and see. We could see him, but we've talked about, yeah, that means the younger guys might have stepped up, and we know the starters that are going to remain, and hopefully they stay healthy to where they'll be playing a lot. So there's just, you know, a lot of phasing out, as we've been saying for both sports here lately, and two guys of a position that we know we were deep at, so I don't know if we'll miss them all too much, but we know they're good players, so wait and see because they very well could return we're not going to rule that out officially but it's probably going to happen so Noah segueing into a couple more defensive backs that we offered here recently from big schools one of a really big school and one of a conference rival let's jump into those guys because I think that says a lot and losing two defensive backs and potentially gaining two defensive backs yeah the first one uh we uh he actually, I thought he was almost committing when he tweeted out he got an offer. He said uh, he appreciated Petrino for uh, believing in him, so I thought it was almost a commitment tweet. But uh, Chris Sheeran, I'm a 5'11", 177-pound cornerback, um, former three-star recruit out of IMG Academy um, from Missouri. Um, so very has seen very limited time there. Um, spot, probably mostly special teams as of right now. Um, but uh, another guy that um, could be phased out of a bigger program that we can uh, build off of. Yeah, and he, you're right, limited action, three tackles this past year. He actually wasn't on the Mizzou website, but he's on the ESPN app. Yeah, 5'11", 190. Uh, and I think it's safe to say, especially since he worded it like that, as you said, that I think we have a really good shot. And I think 
it's just strange because we feel like if the other two were leaving, there's no open doors for anybody, really, that if we added to, it'd be like, you know, be, they'd be in the same boat. So uh, I think there's good potential because they wouldn't be in on guys this late, per se, and then not add them or need them in a way. So that's that one. No, I am a zoo. Obviously a big school. It'd be nice. Let's talk about the Illinois state. Yeah. Yeah. Iverson Brown, a six, one, 205 pound defensive back, uh, has played a lot of, has seen a lot of time there. Um, he, uh, is originally out of, uh, he's from Belleville. He played, at played at both Altoff Catholic and O'Fallon high school. So, Right in our backyard, I'm sure uh, the Strongs and the Belleville guys on our team know this kid. So uh, um, he started all four games of safety in the spring of 2021. Um, I didn't see any fall stats on him. I don't know if you have that. No, I'm on the same. I'm on their website. I don't see that either. I did not see any fall stats, so I don't know if he um, was injured or just opted out of playing. Um, it's interesting. We do know that they had a, um, a rough, a rough year. I mean, we know they had a coaching change and they're still building. Um, but we do know, uh, actually here, I just pulled up their, uh, their spreadsheet of stats. He played in all 11 games. He had 47 total tackles. Um, he had three tackles for loss he did have uh, three, uh, a pick, uh, two forced fumbles, a fumble recovery, and three pass breakups. Um, we know he played alongside very talented uh, Clayton Isbell, who transferred yeah. somewhere, um, Power Five. So uh, that would be a good veteran add to this uh, DB room, especially if we lost two. Yeah, and, and I'm glad you found those stats because those are good stats. Yeah, remember the spring, if you started all those four games, because, yeah, we know they, they're they the ones that cut their season in half. Like, they just, you know, gave up on that on that spring season, right? It was them, and I think another team did it as well. Was it Illinois State that did that, or did someone else do that? Uh, it was Western Illinois and Illinois State, yeah. Right, so, so I guess stinks for him because he was on pace maybe – starting in those games and you're right Isabel is leaving he's incredible they had an 18-0 lead on us this fall at halftime and we came back at that one we know so yeah I mean those are really good stats and you're right ones we're losing hopefully and it said he was at safety so it'd be nice to add if he were to choose to come here with apparently just uh, not a whole lot of options to play for these players so we'll keep an eye out for either of these two like we said if they're pushing for him now I think they're they're wanting to, them to fill a need. And some of these guys have years of eligibility as well, which we know like Antonio Fletcher's only got one year to fill, for example, and Clayton, who knows? So, uh, and with the young guys. So keep an eye out for those two. But no, one thing I actually, st that stuck out in those two's posts is they both posted Jeremy Chin in those. And I, and that's what we've seen in the past since Jeremy's been gone, that people have put him in there, especially obviously if the, I remember Dorian did, or people that came here, or that are offered that are defensive backs. So they always post Jeremy. I know that clearly says a lot. Uh, and that's one thing we've talked about endlessly, that the impact that he has made, that not only for us winning like we are the last couple of years, but getting put on the map, seeing him do what he's been doing at the NFL level makes defense really good. I mean, that's why Antonio Fletcher came here. I'm pretty sure he posted as well, like getting good players 
is a big reason that, you know, Jeremy being here and we, and I said it almost an hour ago, didn't get a whole lot of love surprisingly, but posted that, that Craig Haley and FCS football posted about 151 FCS picks in the last 10 drafts. And they had Jeremy in there with his two straight hundred tackle seasons to begin his career and had that crazy back-to-back defensive touchdowns and two plays last year. But just that's the impact we want. I mean, he's, he's arguably the biggest, you know, the most impactful alumni SAU's ever had. We know the Brandon Jacobs and we know the Bart Scotts. Those guys had really good careers. But just like the current impact in this day and age that Jeremy is having. I mean, he's – and I said it on the thing. He, he's on his way to stardom in the NFL. Like, I think he will make Pro Bowls in his career because he's going to be on the radar for tackling. As long as he stays healthy, though, know, I think Jeremy is the best thing that could have honestly perhaps ever happened to this program. Yeah, most definitely um, him doing what he done for this program, and now he's excelling at the next level. And uh, we got we got a, maybe a couple guys next week um, that could get drafted as well to help out this program as well and get an opportunity to play in the National Football League, which was just – even helps us even more. Um, yeah, but Jeremy, I mean, he's already been back once. Um, we were at that game when he was there. Then I'm sure he'll come back plenty of time. Um, always like having alumni alumni back, and it's always great to see. Yeah, it's just incredible. And you're right with our players, and that's what we'll end with in this pod is we'll kind of – decipher which ones we'd be most likely to be drafted or not. And we'll just have an ending to them because I don't think we'll be on here before the draft starts. So we'll end with that. Uh, now, no, let's get on a quick team update before, obviously we talk about other things and then what happened this past weekend. So things that we've, that have been sticking out in these practices is we know Justin Strong, who did not play in the spring game and has not played in the spring practices. We know he had an injury at the end of last season and, and I'm pretty sure he said, or someone said that he was going to take care of an injury. Uh, We've been talking about it'd be nice, obviously, if he was in these games because he uh, was our starter last year, how important he's going to be in every facet. Uh, Noah, he, he's always got a smile on his face in these pictures. We know he's, his injury is coming along well. I'm sure he's wanting to play here on out for his brother who had to retire. So I think Justin is continue to be a pivotal piece as long as he gets healthy. We're looking forward to seeing him back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, coming off a really good year. Um, almost 700 purpose yards, five touchdowns, really solid campaign. He was actually um, on the depth chart on the two deep going in the year. He was the starter. And, uh, yeah, he's just continuing to improve. Uh, I mean, the, the running back room we had, like they say, uh, they don't care who gets the snaps. But we did we did hear that um, from Javon, uh, hear about Javon from Javon in the pregame. Um, sure, we'll dive into that. But, yeah, Justin taking care of that um, injury, um, getting back healthy. Um, there's a couple other guys that are getting healthy as well. Yeah, the four-headed dragon, we recall. And I think Justin flies under the radar to some people. We know his mother, Amy Strong, is one of our biggest uh, followers, as we talked about. And uh, I think he'll – when he gets healthy, he'll he'll be just as good, I think. He's got a he's – he's got a – you know, a gifted skill set. And we were, we recall whenever the last game when we got killed by Youngstown that he was the final one to talk on the post game and he was kind of talking down. And we remember how we were all on the fence if we were going to make the playoffs or not. So we definitely wish Justin Speedy recovery. Let's get some more injuries here, as you said. Yeah. 
let's talk about Deontay Cox. No, we know we haven't heard anything on him. Speaking of another brother within the team, we know we got hurt in the SEMO game last year. and He kind of, he was getting involved in that game. Who knows, you know, how other involved he could have got as the year went on. And we haven't seen anything on him, Noah, but it, when he gets healthy too, he'll be a factor in the receiving game along with the multiple, multiple guys that we got along with two others we'll mention here next. Yeah, it's uh, it sucks seeing uh, him go down. I mean, just going back to the COVID year and training camp, he, he injures his knee, he missed the season. Then now, now that now the a year later, he gets season opener. He's taken a he had one catch for five yards, and he got the carry and suffered a, another season-ending knee injury. Just back to back Yeah, just can't catch break. Can't get healthy. Um, a transfer, I mean, he came from Missouri Baptist, then he walked on at Illinois, but then he ended up here. Um, has some talent. He can be used. Um, he could probably do in the return game, but using those in on the fly sweeps and stuff, um, hopefully he can get healthy so we can uh, have a, just a much deeper receiver room. Yeah, and how he was getting used, I think that's interesting. And he just adds to that depth. So we'll keep an eye on, on Deontay's uh, status moving forward toward in the summer and into the fall. Now, no, let's end with his brother, Avante, and Isaiah Hartrick, who we know thankfully returned uh, to us after being in the portal a couple months back. They're not dressing, and they were have not been. I think uh, what's weird is Isaiah, we recall whenever we were getting hints that he was coming back and exiting the portal, he was in these workouts they were having when it was freezing cold and doing the 6 a.m.s. But now he's not dressing and he's in an arm brace, you know, according to pictures they posted from the spring game. Uh, obviously, obviously, no, I don't think that's anything too crazy for Isaiah. Uh, obviously, he must have did it in some of these practices or something, but he changed his number to number six, we've noticed. And uh, obviously, pivotal part, like I said, hopefully it doesn't last too or the injury's not too bad if we can get him back going into fall. Yeah, most definitely, uh, especially um, Avante coming back. He, had, um, he he had a he was banged up, um, banged up last season with that shoulder injury. Um, didn't play then. A uh, couple other guys, and yeah, then Isaiah um, probably took took a fall or something in practice, making a catch or something coming down. Um, just held out probably for pre precautionary reasons. Um, but uh, it's great to have those uh, that one-two back and healthy this fall. Yeah, it's just funny seeing them both – not funny, but whatever, seeing them hurt, knowing that hopefully they're going to be okay. They're both smiling and everything, so that's good. And, yeah, we remember Avante was a very late scratch in the North Dakota State playoff game, and from that – from then on out, we just knew we were kind of screwed in that regardless. So, hoping they both can get back quickly and onto the field. Now I know it's something we've been speculating – I mean, off injuries now, something we've been speculating for a little bit, and it's been confirmed in practices. Obviously, we haven't talked about it since for a couple of weeks. Finally being able to and knowing that he was at the spring game and he's playing and he is back. Noah Chucky Sullivan confirmed. We've been, like I said, speculating for a while now, but it is official, and he will be a factor this year, being that veteran. Sitting out last year, he entered the portal. We thought he was long gone, but Noah, he's back, and that's a great, great thing. Yeah, it's it's a great piece to add to that that defensive room, that leader. Um, we were kind of thin on those edge rushers. 
talked about going in the off season, adding this guy back. Um, we thought we noticed him in a couple pictures um, during the season last year. Um, we couldn't confirm, not at the game, but like in Nick Hill's office and stuff. And he was at one of the uh, dinners with all the players. So uh, a year off, took the time to rehab coming off that year. Um, he was big in that spring season for COVID year for us. Uh, so uh, this is a big time, big time depth piece, uh, capable player to send out there on the edge. Yeah, and I would say that obviously when he entered the portal being injured that he didn't get, you know, the looks that he was maybe wanting and he knew just being in the portal, you have the option to come back and that's what he did. It's probably best for him. And I'd say off the top of my head, think about it, that him and Jacob Garrett have to be the oldest players on the team at the, to this point. Now, we know Chucky was friends with all that. He was at the dinner with those guys leaving at uh, O'Charlie's before they had their uh, SIU Pro Day. So, Obviously, he's buddies with all of them guys, but I, he's one of the oldest on the team now, like I said, him and Jacob Garrett probably. So great to have Chucky back, of course. And then, Noah, before we get into the depth charts, let's talk about some of these guys that will be on the depth chart, guys that we know are not on campus yet. We know Nick Hill's talked about it just because we noticed that most of them aren't you know, with the team now yet on the roster, on the spring roster. Uh, obviously, over time, they will be to refresh people's memories on these guys that hopefully all – will make impacts with Noah Colin Hurd and knowing seeing, you know, obviously the DB from Colgate, knowing that Dorian and Lounger are gone and barring if these two guys were, we've been offering join the team, Colin Hurd, Noah can come in and be that because he's also one of your guys going to come in here and be a pivotal piece. Uh, I'll hold up. I'll just go through them and then you'll dive into when we get into the depth charts, just guys that have not been RJ Rebo. We know going to pay dividends. Hopefully uh, he wasn't there. Bryce Miller, neither. Uh, Mark Davis Jr., he's on the spring roster, but uh, he's probably not dressing during the spring game and stuff. I tried to find him, couldn't. He's number 17. And then Zade Hamden, Noah, we'll get to him. Big, big expectations for him. He's been with the, you know, the, the team had early April had community stuff they've been doing and they're still doing them. And Zade was one of those guys, you know, so he's been involved early this month and he was at the spring game and he had his own picture where he was posing and stuff. So he's here, which is a good sign. And we know he was coming off injury, right? So Zade and RJ will be big defensive line pieces. We're hoping all these guys will be big. So with that being said, Noah, let's dive into what uh, this depth chart currently looks like with the guys leaving and, you know, just an update on it. Yeah, just a quick update. Uh, as just to start on the offensive side, um, we know Nick Baker is your starting quarterback. Um, that is set in stone um, unless something happens – drastically like an, it'd have to be an injury um to cost him that starting spot uh we do know there's three guys that have been thrown out there nick hill talked about in the pregame that's been battling uh, for that backup spot he talked about zach zabrowski doing a great job uh stone norton is there and hunter simmons had a lot of high praise for hunter simmons uh mary the marion quarterback came over um originally from mount Vernon. Um, but then we saw a little bit of Jacob Foss in the spring game. We do know, I guess, Michael Lundauer is still rehabbing an injury. Um, he is untalked about. So, really, uh, for that backup role, you have Stone Norton, Zach Zabrowski, and Hunter Simmons. Yeah, it's great to see Hunter emerge, as we're seeing. He's also been in these community 
these community events recently. And we know obviously he's a local kid and he's, he wants to probably be more involved, but we know he's talented and seeing him emerge Zach Zabrowski. Yeah. We know he's been the play caller we've been seeing for years that he's emerging, you know, Stone's still there doing his thing. Probably will be the backup again. And then, yeah, you mentioned Lindauer and speaking of him, we actually thankfully have been getting uh, direct messages from fans and Todd Patton, who we've been hearing a couple of times with, there's actually on our basketball account, but he said that he did not see Michael Lindauer, that he was dressed at the spring game, but he, he asked us if he's still recovering from surgery. You know, and we could confirm, obviously, with the pictures after that he was there. All the quarterbacks took a picture. Uh, we know that he was he was obviously because we were excited for him last year and we found out he was hurt. We saw him in a sling almost all season. And we honestly didn't know if he was still on the team for a little bit there. No, if he is still nursing an injury, obviously he's not going to play. So it's like, you know, we're not going to rush him with his eligibility. No, we still like his potential. And uh, it's unfortunate if his injuries lasted this long. Like I said, we know it was a shoulder. Yeah, we, we don't know exactly what the injury was. Uh, they keep in, something like that, yeah. Yeah, they keep in – yeah, it was a shoulder, but we don't know exactly what was wrong or what's happened now if it's re-aggravated or something because they keep injury so close to the vest over there uh, for all sports. But, uh, yeah, it's we like we liked his potential. Heck, I even said last year of him coming in, I had – for my depth chart, I had him – uh, winning the quarterback battle of everybody, but um, he got hurt. Um, so it sucks to see he's still – but we got we got guys. I think Stone Norton is capable if he had to step in, but Zabrowski, um, he he keeps being talked about how heck of a job he's been. You got Hunter Simmons who got a lot of high praise from uh, Nick Hill um, coming in and doing the work he's doing. Then uh, – can't forget to mention uh, incoming freshman Trey Baker will be in that room as well once he gets here. Yeah, and Trey's been liking a lot of our tweets uh, or our retweets of guys that have been, uh, you know, at the visits here and stuff and people from his school even. So, yeah, Trey will definitely be a part of the future. And you mentioned Foss. Yes, we get to him. He impacted that spring game. Just it's we, we always wonder and continue to wonder why there's so many dang quarterbacks on this team. But uh, we do know Nick's going to be a starter for sure. So let's dive into uh, other positions. Let's let's go into uh, running back. Yeah, running back, as we know, um, we know Justin Strong is there. That went into the year last year as a starter. Um, but hearing from Nick Hill and Javon on Saturday, expect Javon to get maybe more of a more of a role to find him to get him the ball. Um, Javon even said on Saturday that he didn't get the reps he wanted last year. Um, but as a team player, um, he does what the team needs. As Obviously, he's back there on the punt returns and the kick returns. We don't like that, but he does what he needs. But Romir, um, expect him him to get some more reps, uh, maybe just a three-headed monster, see more carries for all three of those guys. Um, but a guy who got a lot of praise from Javon said to watch out for is a Sparta native, Tony Williams, um, a bigger a bigger power back. Um, Javon said to watch out for him, but there's also uh, a guy we like a lot of. Got to see a lot of. Did a lot of Robert Jones last year when he got in the end of the games. Um, he ran the ball really hard, really well. Um, then uh, Lashawn Lester will come in as a freshman and probably redshirt. Yeah, we know Nick had a lot of praise for Lashawn. 
uh, excited for his future. And you're right. I mean, Robert Jones has been here a while now, and we have been excited about him, got reps and blowout games last year. I'm surprised he's still here, to be honest, but he's still going to work hard, and his moment will come, I'm sure. And you're right. And as we get into some of these players, we'll dive into the ones that, that Nick Hill talked about or uh, spoke themselves, and Javon was definitely one of them. And you're right. Yeah, complete back because he says his goal was – uh, you know, that his IQ is where, where he wants it to be and his experience to do whatever's asked. And you mentioned and Nick Hill did say, like, could see him at tight end. You could see him at, obviously, just to be the Swiss Army knife that we know he is. So that's why it's like, yeah, we can rely on a Justin and Romere uh, to fill, you know, the actual, like, start even or be more involved in the running game because Javon's going to be used and everything. And Nick even mentioned still the Wildcat that he'll continue to be used at. And Nick said he's, he's been, you know, really proud of Javon and said that he's challenged him and, you know, Javon hasn't missed a practice. He's mentioned his consistency uh, and said that he's kind of like the, the face of the team. As we know, that's kind of the case. He's arguably over pound for pound the best player on the team. He has been for a while that he is the face of the team. And Nick acknowledges that. And he says that he's been so involved. He was at Nick's two daughters birthday parties. He said that he's been hunting with Javon's been hunting with Nick. So, their chemistry is off the charts. And so it's surprising knowing that the impact that he is, that he would be underused last year. But yeah, I think that we're not going to see that again. And you're right. Cause those guys asked and we'll get to another one on each side of the ball. The one that you've been, the one that they've been most, yeah, to keep an eye out for sure. And Tony Williams, no, we saw him. We just know. Cause yeah, you're, you're right. A bowling ball. And he had moments in games last year and blowouts as well. That's interesting, and he could probably surpass Robert Jones, and that's a wait and see. And him being a walk-on, I think – safe to say I think he'll earn a scholarship as time goes on when Justin's gone, Javon's got two more years. It just depends how it flows out, LaShawn Lester and them. So running – and we're going to – I hate to expand this far onto running like a certain position, but Javon did speak at the pregame, wanted to get out there. So moving on. Yeah, moving on to tight end. Um, we have a lot, lot here. Obviously, you have Jacob Garrett. You count him as a fullback, tight end, whatever you want to place him as. Then you have Ty Daniel. Then bringing in from Abilene Christian, Remington Lutz at 6'6". Um, him and Ty's going to be big red zone threats, I'd say. Um, then you got guys like Aiden Quinn, who really stepped up last year, was really good in some, in some moments. Uh, then there's guys like uh, John Volmert. Uh, John Cizek, uh Ragnar, and uh, Schwindemann's going to come in here. Um, be interesting to see uh, what this tight end room does. We know we have a lot of weapons there, um, especially with Garrett, what he does, and Tice, Remington, then what Aiden Quinn, uh, the opportunities he earned last year. Yeah, I think tight end will be one of the most uh, slept on positions in terms of, like, importance for next year we know Tice is going to bring it you know and he's been active on Twitter he's actually been at the community events as well which is good he's bought it we know the tragedy that sparked him uh late last year early early this year but he's excited he posted four days ago sorry for the wait year six coming to a location near you so he's pumped and he even quoted Nick Baker who did have that mic'd up that we saw that he said the general so it's great to see him locked in we know he broke the tight end squat record and Noah Remington, we know we, you know, Nick called him big country and he's been at these workouts and stuff. And we'll get to if he was on the stat sheet for the spring game, I don't remember, but we haven't heard a lot of him. And it's interesting to see 
what could happen with him and how an impact he can make. Devin, we talked about that. Not sure about his – who was it? Was it us talking? Or I feel like maybe Nick mentioned something, probably not, about – it was probably just us, that he's, he's going to be pivotal in the red zone, we're thinking. Not sure how much of a blocking tight end he is, kind of just to get downfield, kind of just mainly a receiver kind of one, right? Yeah, I think it was just us talking, but yeah, at, at six six uh, two forty, he's more of a just a receiving red zone over the middle type guy. Um, can line him out wide and take advantage on linebackers and stuff like that. Uh, but the Tyce Daniels, the Jacob Garretts, the Aiden Quinns, and the Ragnars of the world stepping in there, run blocking. It's um, more likely to see than, even though he probably can. Um, but I think he, he was more known of a, his catching ability than run blocking. Yeah, I know. And I feel like when he got here, I feel like there was a, you know, like a confidence in him coming in here and being like a pivotal part. So that'll be a wait and see. And you mentioned Aiden Quinn. He had his moments. And that's why I said this position could be slept on with guys impacting. And we know Jacob is a mix of that and fullback. And he will be the fullback this year. Uh no mention or no reason to talk about him and who's, you know, behind him in the depth chart, but like every facet that he can work with, I think that that'll be an important position to share. Uh, then moving on, um, you have your receivers. Um, we have a lot of unknowns at the position. Obviously, you know, Isaiah and Avante will most likely be your starters. Um, but behind them, there's a lot of, a lot of guys that expect to see the, Expect to see the field um, coming in here. Um, as we know, not here yet. The guys like Bryce Miller um, that isn't hit, isn't here yet, but Javon Hawes is. He's at potential at that third spot. Um, uh, Zach Gibson, obviously. Um, I would like to see maybe Avante more slide out more, take over that outside spot. And a Bryce Miller is a uh, slot machine. That's what he's known for. Um, but you have guys like Zach Gibson, a guy I'm really high on. I'm just seeing his his reach, his wingspan. Jathan Jones, uh, Michael King's another one. Those are two guys that Nick Hill said when we got them, COVID killed their recruiting. Those are both steals. And you have T.J. Atkins. Uh, talk about Deontay Cox coming off injury. Um, guys like Sean Larkin. Uh, Brian Brown will come in as a receiver. Um, that's a name to watch out for. We'll like to see what him come for. Dayton Mitchell also is still there. And a guy who spent last year as a uh, filmer, he's filmed all the games and stuff, Devin Walton, who had a touchdown in the spring game, um, is on the field as a wide receiver. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned him because uh, we were listening to the pregame. We were working that day. We weren't able to make the festivities. Uh, but hearing his name was shocking because – uh, I don't know who was talking about him, or no, it was Bucky Dent who was tweeting about him, and I'm not sure if that's really who it was. And Nick uh, talked about him being, yeah, you're right, a video coordinator. It's, it's weird that the athletes, the video coordinators for football teams can be. We know the ones that maybe do it for basketball, but nothing that can come in and play. We don't expect him to play, but it's getting in the spring games interesting. We know in multiple spring games there's been even non-football players that have been, in, you know, kind of in a joking manner, so. That's just a weird one to keep an eye out for. You mentioned Brian Brown. Yeah, for sure. Keep keep an eye out. Jason Jones, you're right. And the fact that he's 6'4", under-recruited, just looking at him, he's got at least a seven-foot wingspan. 
that's what it thinks. I mean, his his arms hang down to his knees almost. Like his catching radius should be incredible. And you're right, him and Michael King are probably our two most prized young receivers at the moment. And you're right, if we sign Avante out, which he'll beat anybody, you know, pound for pound down the field, Isaiah in the slot or Bryce Smith, it's crazy. Zach Gibson, we have a lot of options. And Haas and Haas and Gibson are our biggest receivers that will play a lot. And then a lot of slot guys. Bryce Miller will come in and play a lot, I believe, as well. Uh, I just think we're so deep. And, it, again, if Isaiah didn't come back, we, we'd be fine. But not to this level of, like, elite and competing for championships, I think. I think that's how big of an impact Isaiah Hardship will make. And I think he'll break out and he'll probably enter the portal once again or think he can get drafted. It's interesting. But it's just so glad he's back. Yeah, then uh, a name I forgot to mention. Uh, we were going to talk to him, talk about him a little bit later. Uh, tied in Miles Marshall. He'll be a freshman, probably come in red shirt. Uh, but then some other receivers, uh, Vincent Newsom, um, who's going to come over and be a walk on, a big time out of our backyard at Marion. Uh, then some other freshmen that's going to come in, uh, Desmond Hearns out of out of Clearwater, Florida, another freshman, along with. Uh, Stanley Bryant the third, um, I believe his dad is one of the guys that played here. So out of Naples, Florida, a six-two receiver. So uh, some a lot of young guys, especially go along with guys who are only redshirt freshmen and Jason Jones and Michael King, then Brian Brown and the receiver class we have coming in with those two young tight ends that will redshirt uh, receiving core is going to be loaded for the future. Yeah, and even you mentioned Stanley and then Brian, the, the ones that convert to receiver. I think we'll see more of that as time goes on, whether it's in classes to come or just in general. It's good. And, you know, they're, they're the athletes enough to be able to uh, to do that. Uh, I was going to say, oh, yeah, and you're right. We'll just say now Vincent and, and Miles did have their official signing day. They signed on the dotted line this past Wednesday, which is a good sign. Great sign, actually. Can't wait to get those guys. Yeah, they – Definitely because he's a walk-on for Vincent, and he'll earn a scholarship as time goes on. I would like to think that uh, they will definitely sit out upcoming year. Yeah, then getting into the offensive line group, obviously we know um, we talked about there's been some injuries um, on that offensive line, so we don't know exactly who will start. Um, we do know Sam Newman. Uh, we saw him not dress on the sidelines, and I assume uh, – Lucas Davis could be hurt as well. Nikhil did say there's a couple of injuries, but I do know on Saturday running with the offensive group, it was a uh, redshirt freshman, uh, John Nally at left tackle, uh, Bo Branion, who was our left tackle last year, slid in. Then Chase Evans um, played a little guard for us last year. Uh, was that center? We know we, know we moved uh, Calvin Francis got hurt last year. Jimmy Wormsley uh, stepped in last year for Calvin when he was there, but Chase Seven was there. Then then at right guard, it was uh, Jackson Saley's. Then uh, at right tackle, it was Abdu Torre. Um, like, we were unable to attend, so I do not know who was on the other side running the reps. Um, but uh, I do know off scene, off Nick Baker's uh, mic'd up video, that's who was running with the one. So pretty interesting seeing uh, Bo slide in. Uh, to have a bigger offensive line with the 6'6", John Nally at left tackle. Um, if he's our starting left tackle and he's put in the work uh, just by one year of red shirt and at 6'6", and his size, that's 
that's really cool to see because I was I was high on him coming in. Yeah, because he's got kind of that, uh, you know, monstrous mentality, throwing guys around. We know Trevor Penning, who's going to get drafted in the first round out of you and I, who we've been seeing for years. Kind of, He kind of has the same mentality as him we remember talking about. So I just think it's interesting that, and actually good, that we're going to see a refreshed O-line potentially, like with newcomers in or guys like Bo sliding inside. We know Bo struggled at times. Left tackle is a big deal. And I think – you know, because we've seen him run with the ones that could be due to the injuries we've been saying, and that's where we'll jump to that Nick Hill did say that there's only about eight or nine healthy bodies on the offensive line, and some have, have been dealing with injuries. We know Jacob Coghill will come in and be a death piece as well. But if our line looks like that, we're not complaining. We've been high on Saley's, you're right, Nally, and if, like I said, some more movement, it's interesting. we got to replace Xavion somehow good, you know, well, if that's Bo or if that's whoever else. And so be it. I think it's good to see a new offensive line and seeing, uh, is that, like we said, it kind of did struggle last year. That's what we were envisioning it probably being the same, but it's good to see guys stepping up. Uh, and speaking of those guys that are injured, we were kind of connect the dots on some of them as well. Sam Newman, we know, was posing for pictures. We know we've been hiring him out of the, the JUCO, that he was going to come in and play. Um, and he very well could, but he's dealing with injuries right now because he didn't dress for the spring game. So he's just – we don't know if that's for sure. We just assume. And there's others. Uh, but if – obviously, if due to injuries, if these guys get the work in for the reps, they will be the ones going into the season depending upon how things play out the rest of the way. So I think it's a great sign. And Torre on the other end, those are mammoths, and those are guys we need to step up and give Nick Baker more time. And obviously, to Nick, to Nick himself, he needs to get out and run when it's and not hold the ball as much like he did last year. Just hoping for a lot new or a lot, uh, you know, difference and improvements on that end in that area. So, is yeah. That, uh, then uh, just yeah, just if those are your starters, um, maybe not. I expect, I would expect unless Abdu is just pass him up. Uh, to have Lucas Davis at that right tackle. But if you have John Nally, Bo Branion, Chase Evans, Saley's, and Lucas, um, then right behind them, you'll have the Sam Newmans. You'll have Calvin. Calvin, if when he's back and healthy, Derek Harden Jr., who also got hurt last yeah. year. Uh, Jimmy Wormsley, backup center. Then, the, then behind them, you have the Jake Greens of the world, the Nathaniel Pierre, and Logan Blacks. I've been here a couple of years and behind him, behind them, you have the guys that redshirted last year, along with John Nally and the Sam Bucks, the Ethan Tyler's, Reem Rose. Then coming in this year, you have the Jimmy Lansings, the Ryan Chanley's, the Harrison Hagan's, the Pate Missouri's, the Austin Fridays, the, the freshmen, you're bringing a five freshmen. That could be your future line. Um, it's exciting bringing in a new, obviously uh, we liked our former offense line coach, but bringing in a new one and seeing what he's doing there. Yeah, for sure. And you mentioned the freshman there. I think in Peyton, Missouri, we know, walk on. He'll, he's so big, though. It's like it, it's crazy seeing that, you know, at, at one point we, we thought at this moment that it was kind of like a, 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 you know, kind of a weak link, kind of is the depth or who was going to happen. I think as we go over it, I think it's – we're confident, man. I think Dan Clark will continue to do a great job. And Jimmy and Ryan, two of our biggest followers and their families, uh, I just can't. Once they earn their way to starters one day, we'll take off and excited for their careers. Yeah, then uh, we're going to flip over to the defensive side real quickly. Um, defensive end, um, 
which we thought would be kind of a weak link has turned out to be with Chucky back and a couple other guys that we have some decent depth there. Um, if we get, well, there's still a couple guys we'll go over here shortly. Uh, once we talk a little recruiting, there's a couple guys still out there on the edge rusher, but we expect RJ Rebo to come in here at his size. We know he can play inside, outside. Um, I like him on that outside at six, seven, be able to be like an Anthony Knight and knock down some passes and get around that edge. Um, then on Richie on the other side, Richie has constantly improved since he transferred in uh, from Miami, Ohio. Um, then behind them, you have the Chuckies, you have the Raekwon Lindsays, the Dewey Greens, the Adam Hundemeers, the Nate Thurmans. I like our depth there. Um, Adam, when he came in last year, I mean, he played his heart out. Um, then seeing Raekwon, the veteran he's been, uh, just seeing Dewey, he's a the way he's ripped and monster size and Chucky, that veteran, just I like our depth there, but there is some uh, room for improvement if we can add a depth piece still out there in the transfer portal. You're right. We've said that. I think just in the very middle, whether it's nose tackle, defensive tackle, because losing Giannini, we'll, we'll miss that with him, his ability, and just the impact he made in the run game especially. That We're hoping Zade Hamden, if he comes off his injury and becomes big, and yeah, and Nick's talked about all the new phases, and we'll get to the second-level guys that I think will make the biggest difference. But uh, you're right, and, and Nick did talk about Richie and Keenan and Hundemir. So it's like – it's you're right. We're another position. It was either the offensive line and the defensive line we thought could have been, like, obviously a little deeper and just a lot more stable, you know, because everywhere else is. A lot of new faces. And, you know, unlike offense, we know, like, Remington – and then obviously discussed it in an offensive line. There's really the same faces on offense besides like Javon Hawes. So uh, like defense is almost a whole new makeover. And you're right. If RJ can come in here and be that night and knock down passes, use his reach and use his, you know, it's just our defense. And that's what those guys even told Nick Hill, the sports voice guys that said, and uh, uh, Paxton guy was saying that defense is going to have to take that next step even. And, our defense was fine at times. We know they've made plays even in the biggest games, but it's just the, you know, replacing so many and them getting used to coming in here and whatever. And it's all about the revolving door. It's all about keeping guys fresh. So, Noah, yeah, I agree. The defensive line will be huge. Maybe add one more, as you said, but let's get to the second level. Let's discuss those guys because we're so deep there, and those guys I think will make the biggest difference on our defense. Yeah, to mention the interior real quick, uh, you mentioned Zade Hamden, him coming off that injury is going to be huge. Alongside, we assume Keenan Agnew, the veteran guy. Uh, but behind those guys, interior, you have the Tylen Jivers, the Cam Bowdries, mm-hmm. you have the Reeves brothers, Devin Love, Josh Broatwright. Uh, but you have incoming freshman Jalen Banks, who, um, if he comes in right away, I mean, that could be, we talked about it on the pod that maybe what freshman could see the most time playing time. That, and interior, when there's still – we'll talk about it. Um, there is some guys still out there, but Jalen Banks could find his way at his size at 6'4", 280 right away. Um, a season, uh, the summer of him and our weight program, he could uh, change his body and be an impact guy right away. Um, but getting yeah, – The fact that he's a three-star, I think that'll – I think they might give him the benefit of the doubt, but he's got to work towards it. I think he'll be a star one day. Yeah, but getting into that next level um, – at the linebacker was probably, I mean, we talk about how deep we are at some positions, but a lot of guys that could start 
elsewhere in this linebacking core, um, assuming there'll be a revolving door, staying guys fresh, um, like you just mentioned, for a lot of lot of positions. But Jakari Patterson uh, is back. Um, he's going to play a lot. Macau Cahoon, um, the two outside guys, I would assume, along with George Douglas, probably in that middle spot. Um, then behind them, you have Branson Combs, Zach Barola, Chris Harris, Leslie Smith, Kaneji Chandler, Lewis Wilbert, Tim John, then uh, Matt Brennison and Shane Roth. A lot of depth there. Then you're bringing in a guy who had a heck of a high school career and Ben Bogle as a freshman. I mean, there's a lot of guys that could be starting elsewhere in this linebacking room. I I can't say enough. I mean, I just – and I'm not even seeing them in full action like, you know, Yet, I just see pictures and I just – you can see dominance kind of sometimes. And George Douglas, I don't know. Like, we know how important Bryce Notre was and even Bryce and Strong, you know, if he was able to come back. and We know he's not, but how pivotal he'd be. I think Chris Harris Jr. and George Douglas are going to be – just seeing a picture of them on the same field, they look like guys that will wreak havoc. Like, and George is interesting because he's he's – posting so much about him signing autographs for kids and community events and him and Antonio and we'll get to Antonio or just or I think will make the biggest impacts on defense and they're so involved and that's where I think that they're going to pay the biggest dividends because they want to be here and they want to get to the next level and play really well and you're right because Jakari and Mikel they're not forgotten about because these new guys are kind of discussed a little more just because they're new but we know Jakari and Mikel are going to bring it 100%. Mikel and his last year now, he's going to be – he's wreaked havoc for a long time. Jakari, we know, yes, dealt with injuries, ended up not playing at the very end, had that club on his hand, right? I mean, he was – he tries to fight through injuries. He's a stud. And let's get to the guys who are going to be behind them. I think it's – the revolving door is huge because our defense wore down. Bryce Notre with a tour laborman all played however many snaps on the year, and it wore down, and North Dakota State killed us running the, running the ball. But no, Zach Barola, we know he's he's looking better, and he's he's just a pivotal. He won the most improved at the, at the awards and the banquets, pivotal. And then Branson Combs, and he was actually <clears> – <throat> I think he's going to step up and be a leader this year because he spoke with the uh, 103.5 ESPN guys on the pregame, and he said that he's needed to work on his position and getting bigger and smarter because obviously he just played there for his first season. Uh and he needs to know what everything else is going on, not only with him, but obviously he needs to, like, be the green dot guy when he's on the field. Uh, he says he's versatile and he'll play wherever coach needs him. He said that he would love to play on offense again. He would do both if coach would let him. Um, and it, it's interesting, Noah, because he asked the same – or they asked the same question to him as they did Javon, who was stuck out. And, of course, he didn't give us a name. We would have loved to hear a name. But he said all the new faces – and he said that everyone's going to be surprised at how much these guys that are sat out due to COVID or anything else are going to come in and contribute uh, if it wasn't for the super seniors and stuff. That uh, And it's guys that you just rattled off there and guys that were going to step out. He said the whole defense, and that's not to the second-level guys, but uh, he said that um, – says defense has the right mindset so far in meetings and no one's satisfied. We expect the championship. And he said, keep an eye out for those new guys. So, I mean, Branson's – we know the plays he made last year. He made the, the most important offensive play of the year prior. I think he'll just be – that's why the whole linebacking core will be the biggest part of the whole defense, I believe. So, if you got anything else to add on those specific guys, Barola and Branson will be 
huge in the second, like in the second uh, starters. And depending upon, we're speculating who starters will be, but we're assuming George and then will start. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I I have George, Jakari, Mikel. Um, yeah, those three. Then rotating in Branson, probably on uh, passing downs and stuff like that. Then Chris, then Zach is such such a weapon on special teams. He's a tackling machine. So um, those guys, and I'm really I'm really excited to see Kaneji and Lewis. Those are two young guys, but um, they got guys in front of them right now. But hopefully, see them on some special teams. Uh, along with Leslie Smith, we know he's dealt with injuries, but coming yeah. from Pittsburgh. Um, that's an interesting one um, to see that happen. Um, I just noticed I, I mentioned his name, but Tim Johns isn't on the depth chart or isn't on the roster, so he must be gone. Um, I had, hadn't noticed that. I remember rattling off his name. I just looked at the roster. Um, he is no longer there, but um, he was a good – he was a Purdue transfer, didn't really work out, played some special teams, but – we just had too much depth there, but getting to the uh, the debris room, um, also really deep here. Um, we expect David Miller, Clayton Bush, Antonio Fletcher, and PJ Jules to be their starters. Um, almost a coin flip between David and DJ, probably DJ Johnson at this point. Um, but uh, those starters, the guys behind them, like I said, DJ Johnson. Uh, Levi McAfee, probably your two backup corners. Then behind them, Mark Davis, uh, the Buffalo transfer, has two years left. And special teams star Dre Newman. Um, he's going to be big on special teams, assuming again, but um, he got to play a little bit last year in some blowout games. Liked what I saw from him. Um, but you're bringing in Charles Young. He's a freshman. Um, he's going to – he'll be the one to watch out for. Um, those are there's a, some room for depth, but you're bringing in Colin Hurd. I don't know where he'll fit on the depth chart, where to place him at, but uh, he'll be a depth piece as well. Yeah, I would say he'd be up high, you know, just because he's in his last year and he would have to earn it clearly. But I think that's where they'd be bringing him in to play right away and play a lot. Maybe it just depends. And we know injury is going to happen, we know we were expecting. James Caesar to be the All-American that he was in the spring, and then he got hurt, and that's where we ended up seeing David. So you're right. I think DJ – DJ, I think we've seen a lot more of. We've barely even seen anything of David. So I think whoever's not – whoever doesn't start will be key on special teams because Leviticus McAfee, we've been talking about forever. Him and Lewis Wilbur, they came at the same time. But Levi being the three-star, we've seen a lot of him. We saw him at basketball games this past season. So he's been active and and here, which is good. He'll be special teams. I mean, we'll get into some more that we've missed of the uh, special teamer or the dog of the day or whatever. But you're right, Dre Easton Wolf, Jay Welch. Those guys were all, uh, you know, going to be key for special teams. So barring injuries, these guys are going to have to step in. But that's how important our special team is going to be. And Dalman, Dalman's done an incredible job and in will this year for sure, Noah. Because you're right. I mean, Leviticus, I think, will start one day. And whether P.J. ends up having a great season this year again, doesn't get thrown to, but ends up going to the next level, that Levi will step in with his size and be great. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, the talent he has um, is definitely going to be a corner of the future um, with David having years left. 
Then DJ will probably have one year after this. But PJ, yeah, he could have a big year to go to the league. Um, but with Colin Hurd in that safety group, um, two backup guys to watch out for, CJ Parson and Jeffrey Wells, two younger guys that uh, could see some playing time if somebody goes down. Yeah, and I think we'll I think we will land one of, if not both, of these guys we've offered the last couple of days. So we'll put them in the fold as well. And we mentioned how there's always gonna be someone that comes out of nowhere. So no, let's so yeah, you're right. Very deep at this position and going into special teams. A lot of these guys will fill that out. So let's get out of the specialists. Yeah, you're uh, going into the spring and he still has one job and he was perfect in the spring game. Is uh and out of our backyard, we like to find our kickers out of our backyard. Apparently, Jake Baumgard from Heron, um, perfect in the spring game. He's he's worked hard. Um, Nick Hill gave high praise for him as well in the pregame. So uh, big time for Jake. Um, I know him personally. I used to go to church with him. Good seeing him get this opportunity. We know we have guys behind him and Marlon Hawk, a freshman coming in, then Chase Reeves coming in last year. Then we know at punter, uh, Nathan Tournay will get here at some point um, from Australia. Uh, Marlon can punt as well, so um, I don't know if they'll have a battle. Nathan will just get that job automatically. Uh, then your holder will be Nick Hill or Nick Nick Hill, Nick Baker. Well, let's hope not. Let's not. Well, for both, I hope not. But. Yeah, Nick Baker. I mean, he's good at it. He's used to it. Nico liked him out of it, so. Um, then obviously it didn't we seen it way too much last year and almost killed them in the first game of the year, but always keeps their the defense on their toes at that point. Yeah, whatever. Heck, I'll be the holder before our head coach. And if yeah. we're talking about Knicks here, I'll be it before our quarterback. So yeah, I mean, even and even going to punt return and kick return, we honestly have no idea. We know Clayton's been talked about it being that. We know Javon's probably gonna do it. And, I, and kick return will be most important outside of we just don't want Javon involved. So that'll be a wait and see. We know Charles Young, I mean, if, if he were to play and any of the freshmen were to play, it would be him, I think, for special teams reasons. That'd be all wait and see as well. Uh, so who knows with that. But you're right, Nick, Nick mentioned, or he didn't say his name, but he said Australian kicker, and they talked about Jack a little bit. So Nathan will be the starting punter. Uh, and then you're right, Jake. It is great. I feel like it was his to lose 100%, the fact that he's nailing them. And Nick did talk about him and mentioned how he did. He confirmed he was a number one kicker, and he said that he's on the same trajectory as Nico was in terms of in the weight room, as you mentioned, work ethic, and then to get better each year because he said that Nico watched the veterans before him and became who he was, and that's exactly what Jake has done. Nico, because they're local guys, I think they obviously were obviously close. And it's just like, you know, fill in the shoes of the next great player from around here, Southern Illinois player. And we've talked about how maybe at the skill positions, you're not going to be, you're not going to get the homegrown backyard guys. And, and I think they evolve more towards the specialists because I don't know, for some reason, I guess you get more, uh, you know, they get more exposed to like whatever and get, they're just quality at this around here more than skill positions are to go play at higher levels. So I, I don't know. We've talked about that in the rigmarole of why, you know, local skill position compared to the specialist, but it, it, it's great. And the fact that he is knocking them, I think that's a great sign. And just hopefully, yeah, Holder can be 
or punter or can be anybody else I would hope that can get the nod for that so no anything else added here for the depth chart before we move on yeah it's uh I like where we're at depth wise um, there's a couple places um we can add to even make our depth even better but uh yeah exciting um can't wait till the fall to get here as quickly as I can especially uh the summer um, to get the freshmen in here to move in day, uh, get them in the weight room and stuff and get him, get them in our program. Can't wait. Yeah, I know it's going to be exciting. So before we move on to other things and maybe even some other topics related to the team that's in here with also that was on the pregame, Noah, Matt Kupek, we know the interim athletic director was on the show and he's done a really good job since he's been there. And we know the whole thing with Liz Jarnigan. We were talking about it earlier and we talk about it a lot, actually, that, you know, if we were still searching for an 80, which we know we are, we know that Chancellor Lane has, you know, you know, had interviews and but has put off the decision because I guess it, he's got no one that he, you know, doesn't really like, I guess, to confirm for the job, which is interesting. But no, hearing Matt Kupek speak here in the pregame and everything that he's been doing, we'll rattle off some things that he's been doing. But uh, he since he's been in for a while that, you know, we know the comfortability and the familiarity both of them with someone to add here. We know Nick Hill, as soon as Liz, you know, he got asked about her leaving earlier, you know, in the season last year. And he said, he just hopes someone can come in and like love the community and be involved. And that's exactly what Matt's done though. He says, and they said they had a meeting of state of SAU athletics, you know, recently, I guess before the spring game. And he said, he's really excited for everything and said, it's going to, he said, it's great to get fans and students out there to support the team there were the players and the coaches and said they're in a good place with coaching hires and retaining uh, and the coaches that they've retained. And, you know, no, he mentioned the budget and bringing in revenue obviously is, you know, one of the most important things. And that's why AD, you know, there's so many uh, jobs and AD has to do and definitely managing a budget is tough as we know. And Jerry kill went nuts with it that one year with the new logo on the fields and stuff. That's kind of why, we're in the position we are to an extent, but we're glad all that stuff happened. No other budget. And I think we've talked about it multiple times that that's the biggest thing. And we have some more stuff here, but I'll let you jump in on Matt Kupek that we wouldn't mind if the interim tag got taken off him and hearing the things he had to say gets us excited that we wish maybe he would be the one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, hearing him talk about how excited he gets for the university and the opportunities he sees for, um, the university as a whole and, and not just athletics, but um, yeah, the, the revenue and the importance of that um, in the next couple seasons and the things that could happen. I just think, I know he said when he got the interim tag, he wasn't interested. Um, I just wish that would, this time he has spent doing that would change his mind. Obviously we know they had to restart the search. We still, Everything over there's been really lately without any coverage. Don't have a lot of coverage about Saluki athletics as a whole, but there still is no AD. We know they had to restart the search. We don't know what's going on. Like you said, Chance to Learn has interviewed. He just doesn't like him. Um, I don't know if that's a him thing or these guys just – he just don't think they're capable of doing the job we want at this university for athletics. But uh, I know – Evansville, um, their uh, their AD stepped down, and 
I think it took less than a month to hire the right guy. Um, I don't know. We talked about it today. I mean, maybe people don't want to come to Carbondale. Um, Evansville is a huge town and a big city that you can do really impressive things over there if you have the right leadership and stuff and the right coaches in play. But we feel like for all our sports, we have the right coaches. We just need some good leadership. But Matt Kupek seems like the best leader for us, and I wish uh, he would take it full time. Yeah, and I know, and I think when you're interviewing these guys, whether they don't appeal to Chancellor Lane or not, I think that is something that would, you know, make them hesitant is the state of the budget, the state of, and he talks good about it. He's not going to talk bad about it, I guess, to, to the public, but we know it's been an issue for a long time. And I think obviously when you take an AD job, it's huge job, as we know, that you'd want to have some stability in a lot of sense. And that could, like I said, make some people turn away from the job itself. And, you know, Chancellor Lane, we know that before Liz, you know, at the time, we know that they did, they kind of butted heads, I guess. And we know the whole thing with her and that nothing even happened. And she got fired before anything really came about, you know, details. So we wish Liz was still here. We know she was at Valpo for a little bit. And now she's, they hired somebody. So she's, I guess, a free agent. We know she's not, there's a burnt bridges. She's definitely not coming back, but it just shows that, uh, you know, you have to have the right people in place. You're right. Your right leadership. And we had it. It's just unfortunate. And hopefully I don't think Chancellor Lane's getting in his own way. And, you know, obviously you, you want to pick the right one. And Evansville, you're right, didn't take long. We've took, a, we've took almost, a, or like almost a year to the point that it's like, hopefully he doesn't get in his own way and be smart, but doesn't, you know, pass on the wrong people. So we'll keep it at that. And that'll be a wait and see. Hopefully Matt does keep the job. You're right. And he did say at the end, he said, you know, he even said, and I think Coach Hill even said that, everything that's happened with COVID the last couple of years, you know, everything that they've done, that they've done successfully, they wouldn't change it. In, they wouldn't change it for the world. The, every, all the tribulations and trials they've gone through, they still wouldn't change anything. And he said, they've hired 10 full-time trainers and 22 total support staff. And he said, quote, Amet, and we've been saying, imagine SIU in 2030, 2030. Saluki Nation, get ready. So tremendous. I mean, that, it got us pumped listening to that. And he's got the right people in place. We just wish he'd keep the job. So. Enough on that, Noah. Now let's, before we get into some things, I guess, around the Valley, I had some topics since we just went through and before we get to the, to the uh, or I guess we should go into that. Uh, I skipped over it. Let's jump into, uh, thank, thankfully for Tom Weber, we actually got stats for the spring game. So let's jump into that. We remember some tweets, you know, that were going on clearly throughout from Bucky to update us, but we actually got box scores and some quotes. So jump into the box score and we'll get to the quotes after. Yeah, looking at this box score, uh, some rushing totals um, that stand out. Uh, Tony Williams, who Javon told us to watch out for, four for 18. Uh, TJ Atkins on some reverses at two for 17. Uh, Pop Jones at eight for eight. Um, I think uh, in this, I think uh, some quotes said, I think Branson said something about they were played physical and were able to stop the run, so. Um, not a lot of rushing totals in this game. I mean, R- Romir had four for seven, and uh, a lot of our quarterbacks had some negative rushing totals. Yeah, we know Nick had – he dimmed our totals throughout the season with you know, how many times he got sacked. Uh, you're right, seeing T.J. Atkins, that's good, and seeing Tony Williams, the aforementioned. Yeah, do the, be- do the best out of all those guys. 
Hunter Simmons must have got sacked, nine-yard loss, and Stone did a good job, and Pop, eight for eight. So, yeah, you're right, not able to do it. I mean, that's fine, even though we had apparently the line that we could see moving forward. That just shows how stout our defense is. And we know the players were tweeting before the fact about the maroon and white teams and which ones we're going to win. There's some competitiveness there. So that's not the 25 for 57. could be better. We're not obviously not. I mean, it's fine. I yeah, mean, we big, had some, some decent performances, but oh well. Biggest biggest thing there is uh, no carries for Javon Williams. Yeah, I know. And we said that. I mean, honestly, I think we won't see him as much as running, but we'll see him running it with the Wildcat, obviously. But why we didn't see it was because I think Nick thought the defense saw it as too inevitable for what was going to happen. That's why I think we'll see him pass more and then receive. I think hopefully he gets a little more creative with Javon and I think obviously you don't want him to get hurt and I think the defense would know to not hurt our best player if he were to get some runs in there so uh, I just think we're going to see him all over the place which is fun yeah then passing um, as a total they were 14 of 31 for only 150 yards um, Nick Baker 7 of 10 for 72 yards very efficient uh, Jacob Foss was one for one for 25 yards for uh, to Michael King for a touchdown. Um, Stone Norton was only one for six for 15 yards. Hunter Simmons, two for eight for six six yards. And Zach Zabrowski, uh three of six for 32 yards. Uh, not a very efficient day besides Nick Baker. Um, so the competition behind him uh, doesn't look very good. No, I'm, I'm glad Nick played well. We know we, we saw someone tweet that Branson knocked down one of Nick's passes. Yeah, so defense was just swarming and playing well. And you're right, Nick didn't throw any touchdowns clearly, but he was efficient. And you're right, that, that backup's going to be up in the air. And I think, I mean, Hunter only throwing two times, but he did rush. He probably saw barely, actually probably handed the ball off a lot. But, uh, yeah, a lot of battles for that secondary spot. But it's good to see Nick play well. And receiving um... – Michael King had one for uh, one catch for 25 yards and that touchdown. Then Devin Walton had one one catch for 18 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Javon had three for 12 yards. Jacob Garrett had one for 13. Javon Hawes, um, Arkansas State transfer, had two for 21. Jason Jones, one for 12. Aiden Quinn had one for 37, so a down-the-middle uh, tight end. Good reception there. Dayton Mitchell, one for four. Uh, John Vollmer had one for eight. And uh, so not a lot of impressive stats, but it's spring game. Good to see a lot of receivers get reps and get involved. Like we said, Mike King and Jason are going to be pivotal. Seeing Jacob get the, you know, 13 yards, that'll be good for first downs if he gets one catch a game. And that's the kind of, uh, you know, trying to think of the word, the – whatever that Nick can rely on, you know, at some points when it gets down and dirty in certain, certain plays, but yeah, Javon three for 12, like I said, I think we're going to see him more as a receiver at times. And other than that, I mean, Dayton Mitchell, we know he's got good, we talked about all these guys already, but you're right. Aiden, he's going to be a big play guy as well. I mean, it's good to see, it's good to see guys just step up. I think we're going to see him in games at certain points. Yeah. No ties or Remington in the, in the receiving record books. Um, right. We know our two best receivers didn't play, but just not seeing. Yeah, I wish it had. There. I wish it had snaps on here. That'd be interesting. Yeah, then uh, defensive stats, um, some that stick out. Um, Branson had three solo tackles in the pass breakup, like you mentioned. Uh, Richie had a sack 
and a solo tackle and three assisted tackles. Um, Jakari had three assisted tackles and a tackle for loss. Um, anything stick out for you on the defensive stats? A uh, couple. I mean, goodness, because we talk about David. We don't know if he's going to start. We'd like to think so. Two pass breakups is big. We know the quarterbacks didn't play well. I think that was just from the front doing well because you said Branson and George only had two. Chris Harris had a tackle for loss. That was five. And, I mean, I think it, it, it's just going to be quality. Lewis Wilber got on the board. I think it's just good. I mean, Jakari with three assisted and a tackle for loss of seven. I guess the tackle for loss is stick out from our linebackers, just knowing how. And C.J. Parson, one tackle for loss for five. So, it just our, our second and third levels are just going to be elite to like the utmost. I can't wait for it. Then Jake Bumgarner, like I said earlier, he was perfect in the, in the spring game. Three for three, one from 25, one from 39, and one for 41. So uh, great to see uh, all levels right there. Um, I'd say I know I remember um, Mike Reese talking about it. Uh, when we went to South Dakota for the uh, spring game that he was hitting from 60 in warm-up. So uh, that's, I know that's in a dome, but um, that's a pretty impressive leg for, for so far. Yeah. I, like I said, he's learned from the best and I think he's confident now knowing it's his job, but he's going to be, he said tough shoes to fill and making the kicks that Nico did, but I think Jake, I think Jake will do it. He'll be, he'll be really good. So let's jump into some quotes here. Nick did talk about the turnout by the fans, said it was incredible. He said, quote, I'm really thankful for the administration putting on a great atmosphere and creating this event for the guys. And he they did talk about how our defense was especially impressive in the first half. And Nick, Nick praised a couple of these guys. He said, Keenan Agnew has always been an incredible lead by example guy, but he's found his voice and is really speaking up. Cal Calhoun plays with a ton of energy consistently over time. Branson. And Zach have also stepped in and been leaders at linebacker. The guys in the back end, PJ and DJ, have been great in the corner room. And then he mentioned offense and what they did. But then Nick Baker said, I'm, the, I'm one of the older guys. It's weird to think about, but being a quarterback and a leader is a given. We've had different leaders leave, and I feel like I've had to step up and have a bigger voice now. And people look to me at certain times. And then Nick talked about uh, Nick talked about Nick here. And then you're right. We talked about Devin Walton already. Nick did talk about him, said Devin who caught the first touchdown and he was a filmer. It's cool seeing this Nick talk about it here. He was so excited just to put on the jersey and then he catches the touchdown. We have a lot of receivers out. He's gotten a ton of reps and those receivers that are our best ones and I'm sure plenty of others. So, uh, and yeah, Branson said, yeah, we played physical and stopped the run, which is great because we know that's what killed us last season. So really good spring game. It's great that there was a turnout, a lot going on. We know baseball was over there as well some really good basketball news for the most part. So we wish we would have made it out there. I think we would have been able to make the baseball game and such. We just didn't go over after work, but it was a fun day to be a Saluki that day. That was great. So now, Noah, let's, let's end with some topics uh, or real fast because I didn't get to it yet. Because uh, this name didn't really ring a bell and I was on the website looking at the staff. Uh, I think he's new. No, Antonio James, defensive line coach. We know that uh, Dowman with special teams and defensive ends. I don't know if we've you you might have seen Antonio before. I think this is the first time I've seen him. They said he's new this year and he's bounced around a lot. Have you have you seen Antonio on here before? I don't know how new it is, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think we've talked about him. But um, a lot of guy uh, had some has ex experience elsewhere. Um, he's four years four years uh, past four years with Morgan State. Um, he became the 
programs, defense coordinator, 18 there. Um, he was also sharing the coach special teams coordinator. Um, this is a guy who played four years at defensive line at the University of Illinois. Um, so uh, he helped them to a, the 2008 Rose Bowl win. So uh, this is a guy that has some experience. Um, we know we had to, a spot to fill on the D-line coach because ours, ours left us so quickly. Um, so uh, interesting ad. I like it a lot to go along um, with those new guys to go with the new guys, Dan Clark and Dowman, and also those other other coaches are are working their butts off, especially guys like Nate Griffin, Tony Carter, Mark Watson doing a heck of a job. Oh, those, those three are – because we know we saw something that Mark will be speaking at an event where Eli Drinkwitz and Mizzou will be as well. So Mark's getting the word out and able – you know, and speaking at these events puts us on the map. Yeah, I think those – Tony Carter, because he's been in the NFL level – We've talked about the staff before. We know Nick's wanting to turn the page and get elite staff, and we're thinking Antonio could be that. Because as soon as he became the defensive coordinator in 2018, that defense ended up being, you know, first in a lot of categories. So we're hoping that'll be the case here. And you're right. He is a alumni of the Fighting Alumni. So great to see. I just wanted to touch on that. Now, Noah, quickly, though, going back to this team, we just talked about it. Like, guys we're most excited for coming up this year. And we'll revisit that topic again. So, boy – List some players, just two on each side of the ball that you're most excited for next season. Yeah, the guys I'm looking forward to, um, if he's getting the opportunity, really excited on him. I was high out of him coming in. Uh, big nasty, big nasty offensive lineman, John Nally. If he's got an opportunity to play left tackle, um, really excited about him. Um, then uh, we talked, we've mentioned a lot about him, but I'm excited to see. Jathan Jones at the receiver position. Two young guys, um, see how they developed. Um, really excited to see those guys. On that defensive side, um, really want to see. I mean, I was excited. I loved watching him play last year. Richie Haggerty coming off that edge. Um, excited to see what growth he's made. Um, then I'm ready to see Antonio Fletcher on that safety spot, stepping in there uh, for Quay. Um, if that if he's earned that spot, uh, seeing his highlights, he's always posting very active on social media. Love his personality. Excited to see him play. Yeah, I know. And I'll start on defense. Antonio's definitely one of mine too. And it's him and George. And just, I've talked about George. I'm just excited because I think these guys are just going to have have to be like. There's pressure on these guys to come in here in their last year to be pivotal. They both have NFL aspirations, so I expect them to play well. Those seem like easy cop-outs, and it could be a young guy. I just think in the win now for this team, it's got to be those important new guys. And we talked about the differences between those two. Maybe I think George could be more steady. Antonio being a defensive back, and uh, he'll probably be a head chaser and stuff that uh, we said over-under for maybe targets for those big hitters at that position that we know of. It's uh, but just the difference between those two and the pressure that we could probably see a little more stability from George, but Antonio's going to come in here and try to show out. Hopefully that's try to do too much, but those two are going to be stars. Offensively, I'm excited for John too, because like we said, not a whole lot of fresh faces on uh, offense, but I'll go with one. I'll go with Zach Gibson because if it's not Javon Hawes, it's got to be him being our best big uh, play receiver. That's not a tight end. And, like I said, not a whole lot of new faces, but the new faces I would be excited for, but Zach will be sticking out for me. So 
couple of players there, and there's so many more that I'm interested in seeing, like, if we're talking about positions-wise and in general, I'm excited to see special teams. I think the adding Dalman will come in and, you know, make that one of the best, and obviously that relies on our kickers, and I think that'll be great as well. So special teams this year will be key because it always is year after year. Uh, talk about which freshman could play. I think that'll that'll go down to mainly just Charles, but none of them will. Uh, Noah, now I there's a couple of things around the FCS. Actually, I just saw and I saved it to my uh, thing here. They're talking. Hero Sports had a biggest FCS non-conference games in 2022. I was expecting us to be on here, and we are. This was uh, Sam Herter, of course. Uh, had us at four in our game against Incarnate Word. He said, SAU and Incarnate Word will be playoff-worthy teams in 2022 but aren't considered the preseason favorites in their conferences. So non-conference games like these play a big role in at-large considerations. The Salukis versus the Cardinals will be an exciting contest between two high-scoring offenses. A Nick Baker versus Lindsey Scott Jr. quarterback battle should result in plenty of points on the board. We're thinking so too, no. We we talked about the schedule on the last episode. Incarnate Word will be a great test out of the gates, playoff worthy, and they both of us were, and they were last year as were as that sticks out. No, I'm being fourth on here, and it'll be exciting to see where we'll rank to start the season. Fourth on here is uh, not bad because I think a lot of people will be keeping an eye out for us and Incarnate Word this year. Yeah, most definitely. That's a it's a great game. Um, to kick off the year, to test us right away. Obviously, you have to go down to San Antonio to open up the year. Um, usually, I mean, you're, we usually open it up against SEMO, um, or I remember opening up against uh, some Murray State to the world. But having a test like that, that's going to be really interesting. Um, Lindsey Scott Jr., like he said, that's a really good quarterback. Um, be interesting to see he's an he's an athletic guy uh september 3rd can't get here quick enough um that's going to be a big one um if you can get one on the road in an environment like that that's gonna be huge yeah no some quick things here and real uh, quick i will say that means that means i can just say here now that uh it's gonna be great to start the year in texas but finishing the year in texas will be even better yeah, I'm glad you said that. I was going to segue me that I know FCS football also posted about uh, the dates for Frisco I was going to get to, but I'm not going to search it. They just had – it'll be around the same time. I just know they moved them. They had them set for the next three years. There's that. They had something on <clears throat> the transfer portal, the team's most active. That was a while back. They had us on there. I think second with the most players getting from the portal. We know that. We've added a lot of new guys, experienced guys. And then they also tweet about the Big Sky Missouri Valley Football Conference Challenge. Noah, I don't, I don't believe we were on that. <clears throat> there was a short list of teams. I don't know if you stumbled upon that as well. Uh, we weren't on there. I know the Dakotas probably were off the top of my head now, but it'd be cool to play a Big Sky team, wouldn't it? Yeah, the Big Sky and is one of the, if not the second best conference in FCS. Um, it'd be a really cool challenge. Um, if only our schedule worked out properly to get in that challenge. That's a cool thing. Missouri Valley should come out on top. Um, going to be cool to watch. Yeah, South Dakota, Montana, UC Davis. The date's on the 10th and 17th. So those will be cool to watch. So 
there's Evan or Dan Verdun had a thing on Nick Baker. We won't cover that. Some things that QB one did say in that Noah. Let's before we touch on the final two things, let's get to that second one. One that has been a big part recently and days this month that we've been talking about the junior days with all of the guys. There's so many of them. And we'll run through most of them here. Uh, some pivotal ones, and we'll get into the ones that we offered as well. But no, there are a lot of people here in the last couple of weeks at the at the practices and the spring game. Yeah, a lot. A lot of guys, um, good to see get on campus. Um, a lot of a lot of positions that are uh, cool to see. Um, I can just run through a couple. Um, I got them all here. I'd love to run through them all, but it would um, – you guys wouldn't stick around long enough for us to run. I can just run through some guys we have offered um, for 2023 already. I'm starting with athlete Javarion Smith out of Sewanee High School in Live Oak, Florida. He has an offer. He is 5'10", uh, 160. Um, so he is an offer from us. Um, Winston Moore, a 5'11", 180-pound athlete out of St. Louis. Um, out of a pretty good school up there, running back. Um, someone to watch out for. Coming into next year, um, Heston Miller out of West Plains High School in West Plains, Missouri, just got a recent offer from us. Um, he's 6'1", 200. Um, going through these here. Also from West Plains High School, um, we have an offer out to 6'4", 210-pound athlete, Watson Hafer. So some West Plains guys there, if we can land some teammates there. Um, 6'5", 310-pound athlete, plays the offensive-defensive line. Ben Wallace at a Metamora Township High School up north um, in Illinois is a big-body guy to watch out for. Um, to look at some other guys, defensive linemen, um, Patrick Kendall the third, 6'4", 278, at a Cathedral High School in Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, we offered him recently. Then some big boys up on the offensive line. Uh, Dan Clark is doing some work um, with a loaded class this year. If we can add some of these boys at their size, like Christian Medlock, a 6'6", 315-pound, oh at a Homewood Flossmore High School up north. Jacob Welch, a 6'6", 295, at a Johnsburg High School up north in Johnsburg, Illinois. Um, Christopher Turek, a 6'6", 295-pound at a Glenbard West High School up in Glenbard. Um, some others here, Aiden Durig, 6'6", 295 as well at a Crown Point, Indiana and Crown Point High School. Um, some others here, Blaine Haley, 6'6", 290. A lot of 6'6", 6'6", kids we're offering um, before they take off. Some bigger schools look at them. Um, at Olympia High School, Blaine Haley, um, out of Stanford, Illinois. Um, some others, Michael Jamar, 6'6", 285, out of Plainfield, Illinois, has an offer. Um, 6'5", 300-pound, Landon Zaldivar, um, out of Jinx, Oklahoma. Interesting, I've never um, seen anybody we offer from Oklahoma or been on our roster from besides a couple from Oklahoma before. Then George Naha, 6'4", 270, out of Dallin Catholic, out of West Des Moines, Iowa. We can go out up uh, Iowa and seal a kid at that side. That'd be pretty interesting. Um, a lot of more O-line guys 
Um, I think the biggest I've seen that visited just for is Bubba Craig at 6'8", 320 at a Concordia Lutheran at a Fort Wayne, Indiana. I mean, that's absolutely huge. Um, that's the biggest size. And one more or one more that's really interesting to watch out for is probably um, the most talked about is uh, to come in this weekend is wide receiver. Um, everybody knows him out of Mascuda. You can jump into him if you want. Yeah, Al Middleton, three-star. We've been talking about him a lot. Yeah, especially a lot of these guys. <clears throat> I mean, I mean that's big. That is big time out of Mascuda just in general over here. Number one slot receiver in Illinois, going a four four six forty, and a nice GPA. We noticed that on his. Uh, I'm sure his dream schools are the ones that are in his bio or in his header, Mizzou and Illinois. But it's cool to see him going there. I thought he followed us at one point, but then he then he then he did follow us because we followed him and Mascuda. They're uh, the high school team uh, followed us as well. Uh, and he had some impressions of what he was doing here. I think that's a big get. Obviously, we know we're set at receiver for a long time. We're not going to turn down anybody, clearly. But when he's getting Mizzou and the Illini, who are on the rise, that I think he, it's going to be hard for him to pass that up. We know he's staying regionally, which is good. So he sticks out. Some of these guys that we know we did offer you, right, about 14 out of the the hundreds and over time will mention some as well as more offers for these kids come around, but the Medlocks and the Bubba Craig's, yeah, he posted, and there were some quarterbacks too, right? I mean, even, well, which ones that we haven't offered just interest and in ones that, you know, have visited, we know how deep we are that position, but that pe people can leave, you know, I think we'll see some, even after this next year, people are going to get hurt. Remember we used three quarterbacks in a season, a couple seasons ago. So, yeah, just the ones that stick out, those huge offensive linemen and then a skill position like Alan Middleton uh, stick out, like I said, over time as offers come for a lot more of these guys that they will be uh, talked about even more as well. Uh, anything else for you to add on there before we move on as well? Yeah, just a lot of local talent. Um, cool to see some guys. Um, just, just to regionalize where a lot of these visitors came from, uh, the St. Louis area, um, then uh, the Kansas City area, some from Kentucky, some a lot of from Indiana, Tennessee. So we're sticking in the Midwest roots, a couple from Georgia here and there. Um, so uh, we know we got some Georgia linemen. Um, usually Florida visitors come in during games during the season, uh, a couple from Ohio here and there, but um, some Iowa guys too. So. Um, a lot of Midwestern guys coming in on junior day and inviting them in. Um, a couple receive offers while they're here. So uh, um, we'd run through them all, but it'd take us a long time. So uh, great to see. We retweeted all of them that we could find if they didn't post pictures. Um, but you, you can stroll, stroll through our thread or not our thread, our Twitter profile if you want to see all of them. Yeah, it is crazy how there is that many. We know football, that's just the case with how many people are on rosters, but I applaud the coaching staff and the recruiters, recruiting staff to like keep in touch with all these kids, make sure they all have lanyards, make sure they all are satisfied with their trips, because you're right. Seeing them from Iowa and Oklahoma are interesting because that's not really where we've gone before. We know we're big in St. Louis and other spots in Florida and stuff, so it's we're expanding to the whole uh, nation, which is great, and that'll – be even big and as good over time as well. There are just so many. It's incredible. So 
keep an eye out for those guys because we know in a lot of sports 2023 guys are committing as time goes on. I don't think we'll see any in football for a while, but showing the visits and having them there, definitely a good uh, starting point for all of that. Um, now, Noah, let's end with, because we mentioned the NFL draft is about six days away. And we last probably read off, uh, uh, you know, 40 times and everything for our players that we actually got a hold of, thankfully. And were they even compared to maybe some guys that are have that are going to be picked in the high runs of the NFL draft? We know Xavion's uh, bench press sticks out, but no, let's quickly rank because obviously it's it's the biggest day of these guys' lives because not only will some of them obviously it's not likely that all of them will get drafted, but they're going to get calls and they're going to be on teams. We know that happens after the weekend and the draft's over. The guys that goes undrafted will get on the teams, and I'm sure we'll see that honestly right away. I would like to think. But, Noah, let's rank these guys now since it'll be the last time we talk and these guys will be on teams. Let's list these guys from most likely to least likely of – maybe not all of them. We can list all of them, obviously. Let's list, like, the top four or five from one to five of most to least likely to get drafted. Yeah, from – uh, yeah, most likely um, I would say would be Landon Lenore. I mean – at the receiver position, you see um, some chances getting taken in those late rounds. Some got some teams. Um, I think your Chargers. Let's just think of mock drafts have like two or three seventh round picks or something like that. So being able to take a chance on a guy like that that you like that you nor- probably wouldn't normally draft or something like that, afraid he would sign elsewhere, undrafted to take a risk on a guy like that. Um, then I would say. I would say second, I'm going to say, I'm going to go ahead and say Anthony Knighton because I think someone could take a chance on the edge rusher like that. Um, then third, I would say Xavion Furcon. Hopefully he can – I know I tweeted at the Titans saying we need a left guard to draft Xavion. He liked that. I've mentioned that before. Then I would go with Quay Brown. Then Jordan Burner would probably be my top five to get drafted from ours. Yeah, and Bryce too. Will definitely be up there. Uh, yeah, I think Landon and Bryce, because we talked about, they've been the most involved with certain things. And Bryce showed out in the hula ball, as we've talked about. I think that alone, and maybe some of these tests we mentioned last time, their testing wasn't that ideal. But we know we've seen people post. Some guy made a post about Anthony Knighton. And uh, we know these guys have been on draft diamonds before. And even Donovan Spencer got a workout with the Panthers he posted not too long ago. So, for ranking them, yeah, I would say I would say Landon and Bryce, you could flip-flop one of those two. I would put Xavion up there because people, injuries offensive linemen and having practice squads can be – it's just his size doesn't favor him at all. But we think that's the only reason why Madre Harper got looks. And he's had reps in the dang NFL. And he didn't really – he did some stuff here, but not a whole lot. Maybe he was just coveted, you know, and known from Oklahoma State, but – just because of his size, people thought they could tap into at that corner position. So it's like Davion's size doesn't help him as an interior guy, but he's so strong and he's durable. I'd say that's the top three for sure. You mentioned Anthony and, and Jordan. I would put I would put Anthony at four and Quay at five. So I would do Bryce, Landon, Xavion, uh, Anthony, and Quay. And Quay posted a video a couple of days ago of more highlights of him, and he said the biggest sleeper in the NFL draft will be He's saying him. So we'll see all these guys sign after the fact. Nico, 
Jordan Burner, I hopefully will get looks. I think not everybody will, obviously, and even Jack. But we're hoping all these guys stick. We'll be following them the rest of their the rest of their careers, and we're we're hoping to see them. We will be retweeting constantly, even making tweets ourselves. And obviously, by the next episode, we will cover them. So everybody, keep an eye out for these for these all time Salukis that will find ways. Even the Colby Coleman's, and we say Donovan. You know, those guys were only here for a year, but the guys that were here and left legacies. Hopefully, they will find NFL homes and start their professional careers. And if it's not there, they can you know go to whatever part of their life they have planned as well with their multiple degrees they all got in their six years here. So hoping to see all of them get drafted. It was a fun pod today. Covered a lot. We'll cover more as time goes on. It's kind of a dead period that we know of. You know, we might see more people in the portal. We didn't think that that would be likely this time of the, of the year in the spring. But uh, no, it was a good pod today. What are your final thoughts on everything? Yeah, exciting, exciting springtime. Spring practice is over. Um, ready for next week hoping our guys get a chance um to get drafted and show what they can do at the next level um obviously we'll stay tuned on them um waiting for september 3rd to get here excited um for next season and uh where this team can go yeah we know they're they the team might have fan fests along the way we know we were to that last year nobody showed up hopefully they improve that in a way we want to see these guys in action we're not going to for a while, but we are excited for the season. Hopefully it's going to be a successful year for the dogs. So until next time, sometime in this offseason, in this dead period, we'll have more pods, but keep an eye out for it all. So for Nick Malone. No alerts. Until next time, as always, go dogs.